Welcome to the IDP Show. I'm your host, Josh Raymer, joined in the Soul Shack tonight. On my right, Adam Markham. Addy, how are you, Hone? Doing very well, Josh. How are you, my friend? Well, I got a giant tree down out in the yard, about uh, probably about 50, 60 yards that way. Funny story was, this happened Friday. Friday, we had a lot of uh, high winds. Uh, we were under a tornado watch and a warning at some point. And there was a lot of people, you know, triggered because of the the storms that we had a couple of years ago. So I, I even I even get a little gun shy now. And so we had we had packs home with Allie. They were you know they were watching TV, hanging out in the living room. I was doing the dishes. I got these amazing uh, noise canceling headphones for Christmas. And I've always been like, a, why do you really need really expensive headphones, guy? And then I got really expensive headphones, and I'm like, oh, boy, these are really nice. But the thing is, when I put them on, literally can't hear a thing. So this tree falls, and Allie said it shook the floor of the house. Like they thought something had blown up under the crawl space. And then she comes running around the corner, and she's like clapping her hands trying to get my attention. She's like, did you just hear that? And I was like, no, these things are amazing. I cannot hear a thing. Pretty good bass, too. That's, I mean, oh, amazing. You probably just thought it was the bass. I thought it was the bass. I thought the bass had dropped. Yeah, so I was just, I was doing the dishes. I was jamming. I was having a great time. And then, yeah, we have a, a, a tree fall in the yard. So, got limbs everywhere. A lot of cleanup going on right now in Bowling Green. But happy to be back in the soap shack, Eddie. It was a wild day. Wild day. Yeah, I don't, I've never experienced a day like that where it was just wind nonstop, like 70 mile an hour wind for like the entire day. The entire day. So when we were watching to see, because it took us a while to figure out what that big loud boom was, and we looked out the back door and we finally saw the tree had fallen down. And as we were watching and looking at that tree, the tree in our neighbor's yard fell down. So it was just, it was apocalyptic. I mean, the, you know, the tree starts swaying, it's yeah. up over your roof, and you're getting nervous. So if you wonder why Bobo's not here tonight, that's why. The man works in insurance, and yeah. I'd say they have a, about 200 claims coming across his desk right now. Yeah, may not see Bobby for the rest <laughs> of the offseason. Well, that was like when we had the hailstorm. I think it was uh, in 90, 96 or 98. Yeah. Dad, dad, my dad worked in claims, and legitimately like 14, 15-hour days for like three straight months trying to pick up the pieces from that hailstorm. Yeah. So everyone got new roofs, everyone got new cars. Oh yeah. All there were tons yeah. of power lines down. I think there's still people without power. My in-laws still don't have power. Yeah. So it's yeah. It was a bad scene. Luckily it wasn't, you know, I don't think we had many people. No, I don't think anyone no was like injured or killed. Or hurt, yeah, yeah, at least in Warren County. So but thankful to be here. Thankful to be talking football and it was a nice distraction, Addy. We had the 2023 NFL Combine Going on in Indianapolis, we were glad to see it back in Indy. We hope to get up there someday and kind of hobnob and rub elbows with the movers and shakers up there on got to do it Radio Row. I think that'd be a lot of fun. We just need to hit up uh, Greg Rosenthal yeah. to help get us get us the connect. Just three and a half hours from here, right? That's right. Yeah, Indy's make, a great town. Great town. We make that drive probably about once a year to go see a Colts game. So we will make it up to the combine at some point. But did enjoy watching the combine we had the coverage on in the house it was a beautiful weekend so we got the tv going out on the patio 
watching these uh, these grown men and you know tight fitting spandex running forty yard dashes made me laugh thinking about Chris Jones, of course, famously his combine. I found the original right. YouTube clip, and they didn't realize when they went back to the replay and he was laying on the ground and stood up that his dong was hanging out. Mm-hmm. So I, I I love the awkward kind of announcers trying to quickly move away from the fact that uh, Chris Jones's dong fell out. Shout out to Chris Jones for persevering through all that. Truly. Know, having it out there for everyone to see. Yep. Didn't let it bother him at all. Just kept on, kept right on moving. Became one of the one of the most uh, prolific interior defensive linemen in the league. You wonder if it was maybe because of that. Was that the catalyst that launched him to superstardom, multi-million dollar contracts? I feel like that took him up another level. I think you know? it did. I think it did. Good for you, Chris Jones. But it was fun. I watched the quarterbacks pretty closely because I think Indy is going to be in the mix. Came away very impressed with C.J. Stroud. I'm on the Stroud train now. Even at at 101? Even at 101. I I am curious uh, with the Anthony Richardson hype if we could see this guy go inside the top three. Yeah, I think so. You know, what team trades up to one? Who is the quarterback that they're targeting? But my thing is, if you love C.J. Stroud, Chris Ballard, Shane Steichen, Jim Ursay, trade up to one and get the guy you want. Because if you sit around and wait at four and just think the guy is going to fall to you, it's not going to happen. Isn't it funny, though, kind of how everything flipped? Like, it was... Um, it, it was, was Bryce Young. Bryce Young. And I have heard rumblings that Bryce Young still could go number one. Yeah. And now it's kind of like Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud. Yep. They um, definitely won the weekend because of the workouts. So you think you'll have to trade up to 101? Or you think you're going to do that? I think Colts? there's. I think if we fall in love with one of these top two guys, I think if they fall in love with Young or Stroud, I think they will make a move up to one. But it depends on what if the Texans go up to one? Then I think we could go up to two. Yeah. You know, so it really just depends on who's going up to one. Uh, what quarterback are they linked to? Who do they like? You know, that's you've heard teams like the uh, Detroit Lions or the Seahawks mm-hmm. for Anthony Richardson because they have the established starter in place. I've heard Will Levis for the Raiders a lot, even though there's rumblings now that Rodgers could go to Las Vegas. Um, well, that's probably an ideal situation for someone like Levis, you know, sit behind Rodgers. Sit behind Rodgers and then rumblings that Brady could unretire and go to Miami. Yeah. It's a wild quarterback. Wild time of year. Derek Carr signing with the Saints, which just made a ton of sense. Yeah. Yeah, that was weird. Because I think Dennis Allen was the coach there when they drafted David Carr. They gave him a ton of money. It's like, that's what what Sig was pointing out on Twitter, trying to get to the bottom of, like, who were they bidding against? Yeah. Like, what what, what was the other team? It never... Maybe the Jets, but I mean... I don't think the I think the Jets truly were waiting to hear from Rodgers, thinking that Carr was going to be their backup plan. I think Rodgers strung him along. I don't think the Panthers ever got that serious to make a contract offer. But Nick Underhill, who covers the Saints, said that there was another team that offered more money than what the Saints were willing to give. Hmm. So I would love to know who that team is. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think that moves a needle much for the Saints? I mean, I think it like keeps them in like the nine and eight. 10 and 7 mix. They probably win the South at this point. I mean, they got the best quarterback far and away, at least right now. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. Carr couldn't get it done with Devontae Adams, Renfro. Yeah. Waller was banged up a lot, I know. But but still, you had one of the best receivers in the league. That defense wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible. It was 
better than I think people expected. Yeah. So kind of an odd move. Yeah, I think they were just, you know, new regime, McDaniels and Ziegler. I think they just wanted to give Carr a chance because they backed into the playoffs uh, with the interim coach there. And so they couldn't come in and jettison this guy right away. I think they had to give Carr his fair fair shake to win the, keep the job. And it didn't happen. So now he's with the New Orleans Saints. So I think the carousel is just going to keep spinning. I think Rodgers is going somewhere else. The rumblings out of Green Bay or we want this guy gone. Get him out of here. Hmm. We're ready for Jordan Love. Um, Good for Jordan Love. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, the glimpses we've seen of Jordan Love are pretty exciting. Sounds like Purdy could be out anywhere from 6 to 12 months, so it may be Trey Lance season. Still hasn't had surgery. Still hasn't had surgery. And the doctors I saw are going to determine, is it a repair or a restoration? Because if it's a restoration, that's a one-year timeline. Wow. So he would be out basically until next offseason. Fingers crossed exactly. for the restoration, Trey Lance Truthers. <laughs> let's restore it. Let's restore it, Purdy. Let's get back to full health. But let's talk about some of the IDPs that were involved with the Combine, Addy. We're going to do a Combine recap tonight. So we will mention some of the guys that did not participate in the Combine, but the focus here is on the testing data, what we saw with the athletics, the on-field drills, and just kind of give a lay of the land here, updated post-combine, now that we have some more data about these guys, Addy. And here's the thing I would say to a lot of the folks on Twitter, is that data is good, Addy. We should not be afraid of information that makes us better informed and allows us to make a more educated decision. Yeah, as many data points as we can have, you know. That's why we, you know, we don't just lean on one thing here. We like PFF grades. We like RAS scores. We like uh, college statistics. We like we like everything. Yeah, Player Profiler has a ton of great data. We look at that as well. We want to have as much data as possible. We want to have as, as many viewpoints as possible. I mean, we also watch the games, duh. Everyone watches the games. But that's not enough anymore to try and find, you know, an edge. You got to look at everything. Um it's it's everything should be it's a marriage it's not it's not one or the other yeah it's a false dichotomy to say oh you should just watch the you know the tape or you know oh who cares about the tape just look at the measurables also no. it's like you guys aren't scouts i yeah. don't like what you might not you, you don't know what you're watching probably yeah thanks random internet guy with 300 followers uh also Look at the phraseology there of watch the tape. This is such an antiquated notion that we're literally referring to it like VHS tape or like a film reel. Yeah. I just don't, I don't get the people who say, well, all you need is the tape. Well, no, you don't because success in the NFL at the highest level, the guys that become super duper stars far and away are athletic freaks. They are the outliers. They are the 0.01%. And so that's why it's important to know what kind of athlete do we have here? Because yes, you can apps. I was looking at Antonio Brown's player profiler because I got it confused with another prospect we were looking for, for this research today. He was a terrible athlete, but that he was still uber productive. So it's like, yes, there are history is littered with cases of highly productive, prolific players that were not great athletes, but by and large, the players that reach that top tier are freaky, freaky athletes. Yeah, and some of that stuff doesn't translate. Like, you know, a lot of the uh, 
receivers being athletic that that doesn't always translate but like i think when you talk about defensive linemen yes, edge rushers absolutely guys like that like the athleticism really matters um and so yeah we we track all that stuff over here at the idp show we think it's important we think all of it's important we don't think that any one thing is really more important than the other you should be looking at everything yeah. And that's with everything in life. It's not just, you know, fancy football. It's, Let's have a life podcast. Let's talk about the looking at everything in life podcast. You know? We'll save that for later in the offseason. Maybe like June or something. But let's talk about some of these prospects, Addie. Let's start with everyone's favorite position. We're going to start with a guy. I think we would be remiss if we did not start with the linebacker that blew up the combine. I know this was a lot of IDP analysts, one of their favorite prospects coming out. It is Jack Campbell, linebacker, Iowa. Addy, this dude we knew fit the bill of like lunch pail, rack up 160 tackles, three down kind of linebacker. I think what we weren't anticipating was the freaky level of athleticism from Jack Campbell, 9.98 RAS and uh, in the upper percentile uh, for many of the tests there at the Combine. So uh, I think Jack Campbell is a big, big-time winner uh, from this weekend. Yeah, he was 88th percentile burst score and 94th percentile agility score. So six foot five, 249 pounds. Um, I think Jack Campbell is going to be a big-time target for a lot of folks in rookie drafts. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think he pretty much cemented himself as the – Top linebacker, maybe the second linebacker. I still like Drew Sanders quite a bit. I yes. feel like he's going to be number one on most people's boards, but unfortunately we didn't see him here at the Combine. I think he would have tested well, but uh, I don't. maybe he'll do a pro day or something, so I guess to be continued with him. But, yeah, Jack Campbell, I mean, amazing. 6'5", 249, uh, 4.6540. I mean, that's not the best 40 score, but like when you're that big, uh, it doesn't really matter. And like the instincts are so good. He's always in the right spot. Um, just, yeah, has everything that you want between the ears. But yeah, the, like you said, the athleticism was a little bit of a surprise. We knew he was athletic, but we didn't know he was 9.98 RAS score athletic. And then the college production within was great too. His junior year, he had 140 tackles. Um, and then his senior year, he had 120, uh, 125 tackles. Um, also was pretty good at getting sacks, I believe. Yeah, it looks like I'm looking at the career stats here. So 34 games, 299 tackles, 139 solos, 12 and a half tackles for loss, three sacks, five picks during his college career. Um, shout out to Kyle Bellyfuel, Joy the Tooth. They've got their write-ups over at Football Guys. And uh, I love what Kyle said here about Jack Campbell, his third-ranked linebacker. Campbell has the makings of a steady tackle-producing linebacker for us IDP gamers. His draft capital and fit will be one to monitor as he could contribute potentially early with his build, skill set, and instincts if needed. And that's a big boy, Eddie. I think that guy is going to hold up very well in coverage. Yeah, he's going to – I mean, someone, there's a ton of teams that need linebackers too. So, I mean, I think that uh... – he feels like a lock for second round at worst. Yeah, I love it. Well, let's talk about the next guy here that I know a lot of people are also excited about. Trenton Simpson, linebacker. Clemson was another guy who performed very well. Um, 
We had the RAS come in at 9.86, so very solid there. Six foot two, 235 pounds, 99th percentile, 40 yard dash, 4.43, and speed score 122. That is 98th percentile. And hat tip to player profiler for all of these date, all these data points here. So, um, Addy, I think this is another guy that, along with Campbell. Uh, was a big-time winner. We expected the athleticism here with Simpson, and I think he delivered at the Combine. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, the four four three that was one of the fastest 40 times for a linebacker. Um, and then, yeah, he was somewhat productive in college. This last year, 12 games, 72 tackles, four tackles for loss, two and a half sacks. He was on that um, really good um, Clemson defense. So, I mean, the opportunities probably weren't what some of these other guys had. But yeah, I mean, Trent Simpson's, you know, he's, he's, I think either way, you, you, you know, most people are going to have this guy as a top three linebacker. Yeah. Kyle we had do him, as well. Yeah. Kyle had him number one Yeah, in his pre-combine rankings. He said he's an exciting three down linebacker with the ability to impact the game in multiple ways. Uh, he should vie for a first round selection when the NFL draft gets here. PFF grades for Trent Simpson last year, 68.3. Uh, and 73.2 in 2021. I didn't uh, mention Jack Campbell's either, but in 2022, Jack Campbell was a 91.7 PFF grade, wow. 69.8 in 2021. Yeah, so. we. you mentioned Drew Sanders as well. Did not actually participate in the combine, so uh, not going to get as much of a breakdown here, but... Uh, he was insane, though, college production-wise. Yes. Last year, he had 103 tackles, 13 and a half tackles for loss and nine and a half sacks. And that was also a guy that I, I believe was uh, late to transition to linebacker. I believe he was maybe a running back. Yeah. Well, one of the next guys we're going to talk about here was a wide receiver. So I think we have a couple converts here on this list. But let's talk about the next guy. And this is the guy I was mentioning, one of Bobby's favorites. I think Bobby actually might have pegged him as like um, – his linebacker darling for this draft. It is uh, Dayon Henley, linebacker, Washington State. And, uh, yeah, this guy was a converted wide receiver. And uh, we wanted to pull up the testing data here, Addy. So 8.89 RAS, so not as you know eye-popping as some of the other guys, but still 4.5440, 89th percentile, 77th percentile speed score, 69th percentile burst score, six foot two, 225 pounds. Mr. Henley hailing from Washington State. Uh, yeah, converted wide receiver. Super. I, I mean, can you imagine playing offense, like coming to college because you're such a prolific wide receiver and then transitioning to the complete opposite side of the ball and going linebacker? Uh, transferred to Washington State, started his career at Nevada as a wide receiver. So uh, Dayon Henley's got Bobo hot in the pants, and I think there's reason to be optimistic. I mean, again, not the most eye-popping tester for the combine, but I think did well enough that he should be in the mix for us IDP gamers. Yeah, I mean, for only playing linebacker for two years to rack up 256 total tackles, I mean, that's pretty impressive. Seven and a half tackles per game um, for his career in college. So yeah, I mean, you love to see that, and yeah, I think that with the with the uh, the testing and everything, this guy's probably going to be a second or third rounder. So yeah, I mean, you're looking at probably like a third or fourth round rookie pick, I'd say. Yeah. So with a lot of upside, you absolutely. Know? 
It sounds like he needs uh, a little more polish, um, as you would expect with a guy transitioning. So it seems like a high upside guy that um, needs a little bit of time to develop. Yeah. So I think if you're you're drafting him, you're probably doing so with uh, some patience in mind, not expecting maybe a instant producer like some of these other guys. Like I think Simpson and Campbell could be year one contributors right off the bat, depending yeah. on where they land. I think so. Because so. they're going to be a lot higher drafted too. So, you know, if, if if teams willing to spend high draft capital, you got to figure that they have an immediate need and we'll want to see those guys ASAP. Yeah. So let's talk about the fourth linebacker here that we wanted to cover. Owen, I'm going to butcher a lot of these names, y'all. We're from yeah. Kentucky. We don't again. know them yet. Yeah, we're, we're, we're still, this is early in the process. So Owen Papo, linebacker, Auburn, and uh, the Auburn product, um, did pretty well. 9.24 RAS score, 40 yard dash, 4.3, 900th percentile, uh, 97th percentile, speed score, 74th percentile, burst score, and uh, 94th percentile bench press. So this dude is uh, throwing up some weight at a six foot, 225. So he did grade poorly on the uh, composite size grade. That's what I like about RAS. If you've never checked out the site before, I love how they break it down basically into a size grade, a speed grade, an explosion grade, and an agility grade. And then you can see based on someone's chart, the color coding kind of lets you know how they kind of rack up in those different categories. So Papo was a very poor composite size grade. So look at some of the other guys. Uh, Dayon Henley was poor in the size department as well. And then, um, yeah, Trenton Simpson was good on size. And then I'm sure Jack Campbell is going to be, elite. yeah, he was elite on size. So uh, it was for Jack Campbell on the RAS side of things, fellas, uh, elite size, elite explosion, elite agility, great speed. So and he had a 6.743 cone, which is pretty ridiculous nuts i think this like guy all, like one of the you know all-time times for a linebacker depending on where this guy ends up he could be the first linebacker off the board in rookie drafts i think a lot of if he gets in that god imagine can't you just see him being at iowa going to like the pittsburgh steelers yeah that would be i mean the a perfect fit black and yellow mm -hmm. nice transition but uh yeah owen papo i think is uh another guy i think all of these guys we're going to talk about tonight None of them like killed themselves with these combine results. I think they're all going to be in the mix uh, for your you know five to six, seven round rookie drafts. So uh, Owen Papo, another name to keep an eye on, Addy. Yeah, and he was also you know fairly productive in college. His final year, he had in his uh, he had twelve games, ninety one tackles, three tackles for loss, two sacks. He averaged six point two tackles per game throughout his college career. Um. But, yeah, I mean, who knows with a lot of these guys. I know. We're just, again, folks, we're just kind of sorting through yeah. the combine data here and trying to paint as a as good a picture as we can of what these guys are going to look like. Yeah, draft cap will be very important. Absolutely. That'll kind of order all the stuff for us. And um, I think we're starting to see a little bit of a hierarchy shake out, though, with how some of these guys graded. Yeah, I think you can kind of like – we can kind of like estimate where these guys are going to go now, I think. Yeah. You know, it does kind of – I think put everything in, into focus. 
it's made it a lot easier for me to rank recently. Absolutely. Yeah, the athletic data really helps. This is one of my favorite, because this sounds like a video game character, this next guy. DeMarvion Overshone, linebacker, Texas. I love this guy's name. He was six foot three, 229 pounds. Again, out of Texas, so okay size grade. Um, 8.51 RAS. He was a 4.56 in the 40, 87th percentile, 77th percentile speed score. Uh, was only, I think, 4th percentile on the bench press. So we got to get a little bit of strength added for Mr. Overshone there. Uh, but this was uh, another player that I think showed out well. And uh, let's pull up some of the... Uh, see where Kyle has this guy ranked. So he has him ranked, oh, very highly, number four overall for Kyle. Career stats across 39 games, 249 tackles, 136 solos, 30 and a half tackles for loss, nine sacks. Get after it, DeMarvion. Yeah, that's .78 tackles for loss per game. That's one of the best numbers for linebackers. Uh, 71.5 PFF grade last year. Yeah, he's going to be one of the one of the top guys, too. I'd imagine, you know, he'll be drafted no later than the third round. Um, but, yeah, at someone you'll probably be able to get, like, in the fourth or fifth round. I'd say so. Yeah, I feel, like we're, I feel like we're kind of getting into, as we go down here, sort of that fourth, fifth round. Yeah. I think Jack Campbell, Trenton Simpson will probably both be. Drew Sanders, those guys will be your second and second third. Second and third? Yeah, I think yeah, so. I agree. So, uh, next here, this is the name that I know without a doubt. I am absolutely going to butcher <laughs> Henry, I'm going to try it, though. I'm going to really try it. Henry To'o Oto? Nope. There was too many O's in there. Too many O's and too many T's. It's supposed to like singing, I think. Yeah. Is it like a song? I think so. <laughs> we'll call him Henry T. Linebacker, Alabama. A uh, lot of Alabama and Georgia on this list, Addy. Not surprising at all. But this guy clocked in six foot one, 227 pounds, 46240, good for 72nd percentile. He was 58th percentile speed score, uh, 25th percentile burst score, 6.03 RAS. So I think this is one of the guys that you could say um, maybe hurt his draft stock with the combine performance. I mean, the combine performance, you're a winner or a loser based on usually the athletic testing. Now, we, we don't really know much about the interviews and how that part of it went. Um but you know, and we're not we're not tape dogs. But just looking here at the, I am. Yeah, I am too. I didn't want to admit it. I was afraid. Uh, but looking at the testing results here, um, poor size grade, okay explosion grade, great composite speed grade, and uh, did not qualify for the agility grade. So I feel like we're kind of getting into that territory now where these guys might be available in your like free agent auctions. Yeah. But again, it's not like, you know, it's not like this guy's dead. I mean, there's plenty of awesome linebackers for IDP that aren't the best athletes. Uh, but if you look at the production, I mean, the production was pretty damn good. Tell me about it. Last year at Alabama, 13 games, 94 tackles, eight tackles for loss, two and a half sacks. But for his career, he has 346 tackles. That's about seven per game. Um, he did spend his first two years at Tennessee before transferring to Alabama. As a freshman at Tennessee, he had 72 tackles, five tackles for loss, and a half of a sack. So, pretty nice. Yeah. Pretty nice. Tennessee's still SEC, boss. Yeah, from an IDP lens, Toto 
showcases the ability to develop into an every-down player. He's been a productive tackler, but playing with more of a physical edge would only add to his game, says Cowbelly Fuel. Let's talk about the next guy here. We recognize this last name, Noah Sewell, linebacker, Oregon. I can only assume this is Panay Sewell's brother. Uh, and let's talk about his combine performance, Addy. So he came in six foot two, 246 pounds, 66 percentile, 40-yard dash, 46440. But uh, 78th percentile speed score and 88th percentile bench press with 27 reps. Dude clocked in 9.04 RAS. So, um, you know, maybe not as much hype for Noah Sewell coming in, but the dude performed pretty well overall at the combine. Yeah. I mean, you like to see that athleticism. Uh, but then he was also really produ- productive in college, too. As a junior, he racked up 114 tackles, eight and a half tackles for loss, four sacks, one INT, five pass deflections, and two forced fumbles. As a true freshman, he had. 48 tackles, six and a half tackles for loss, and two sacks. And that was in seven games. So pretty good. I mean, we lo- we do love to see that that early college production like that. Um, and that's usually a, a good sign of, of, a, of a guy being a pretty special talent. So, I mean, we saw that with, with him. We saw that with the uh, two-oo-oo-oo boy. <laughs> that was beautiful. That actually was a song, I think. Uh, it is interesting here looking at – uh, Kyle's write-up. This was pre-combine, 253 pounds for Noah Sewell. Well, we had the combine measurements clock in for him at 246. So he cut a little bit of weight from what his listed weight was, which is interesting because, as Kyle notes here, due to his thick build, he lacks agility and could be a bit stiff with his change of direction. Uh, so you kind of wonder if maybe one of Sewell's focuses was shedding a little bit of weight to be more agile and uh, capable in coverage. Yeah, probably so. 71.4 PFF grade in 2022, 71.5 in 2021. So pretty solid. All right, let's wrap up with Dorian Williams, linebacker, Tulane. This was Kyle's ninth-ranked linebacker pre-combine, and uh, Dorian clocked in from again from Tulane, six foot one, two hundred and twenty-eight pounds, four four nine forty. So the dude's a blazer, ninety-eighth percentile. 40-yard dash, 92nd percentile speed score, and the RAS, pretty solid, 8.54. Not great on the size, but elite speed grade and a good explosion grade. So, again, this feels like another one of those uh, kind of late-round darts, you know, small school. How productive was this guy over at Tulane? Pretty productive. Last year, 14 games, 132 tackles, 8 tackles for loss, 5 sacks. So That's pretty nice. 316 career tackles that was 7.3 tackles per game he uh he had 27 tackles for loss which is a pretty nice number that's that's 0.63 per game that's that's good for a linebacker so yeah you like to see that you like to see him making tackles in the backfield um decent athleticism yeah he did he did really i think he helped his stock quite a bit now he did have more games but he did have the most tackles across this top 10 here uh again footballguys.com if you'd like to check out Kyle's work uh, but 300 yeah 316 total tackles 195 solos uh, the next closest was Henry T from Alabama actually Henry T was first he had 345 tackles but across 50 games yeah 
So uh, two mega producers there. Um, so Let me look and see who I have as the most tackled per game on this list. Ooh, yes. This is uh, the stuff that you get over at the idpshow.com, folks. Uh, Addy's got the dynasty ranks, of course, the best in the business. He's got the best ball ranks, the only best ball ranks for IDP in the business. And we're working on the rookie ranks, building those out as well. Yeah, and they're all amazing, every single thing that you just mentioned. You probably are the best person who's ever lived, I would say. Yeah, it's uh, people are saying that. Yeah, they are saying that. All right, so the tackles per game leader uh, in this class, Tyler Grubbs, at least that on this list, I have like I don't know twenty to thirty linebackers out here. It's pretty much the best prospects. I've gone through like you know Daniel Jeremiah's, Dane, uh, what's his Dane name, Dane Brugler. Yeah, I've gone through all you know. I've been keeping up with what all these guys have been doing, who they like, and and whatnot. So uh, Tyler Grubbs. 8.9 tackles per game. He's out of Law Tech, small school, right? Jack Campbell, second, 8.8 tackles per game. Uh, Ivan Pace, 8.7 tackles per game. Bumper Pool. Oh, shut up. Yeah. That's out of, amazing. Out of Arkansas. Let's go, Bumper Pool. Yeah. Um, he averaged 8.6 tackles per game. Uh, Dayon Henley's on this list. He was at 7.5 tackles per game. Uh, Henry, uh, 2-0, 2-0, 2-0. Uh, 6.9. We're just going to turn him into computer code. Yeah. Noah Sewell was 6.6. So yeah, I mean, the elite level is that eight tackles Yeah. Uh, per game. Let's also look at tackles for loss. I was going to say, that's a great transition in there because I think you mentioned uh, Ivan Pace as one of those uh, tackle leaders. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So he was on the list along with Drew Sanders of the linebackers that did not test. But it seems like to me, again, just sort of wading into these waters, Addy, it seems like we're probably going to have a, a kind of a big three of Trenton Simpson, Drew Sanders, Jack Campbell in terms of the linebackers. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, speaking on Ivan Pace, man, he was very productive. Uh, it is a shame we didn't really get to see him test. He was he was there, right, and he measured and all that stuff. Yeah, I can look up to see what his actual measurables were. Um, but, yeah, 35 games in college, 306 tackles. That was 8.7 tackles per game. He had 20 sacks. Wow, 20 sacks. Yeah. That, that has was, to be almost leading this class, right? I th- I'd say so for linebackers, definitely. Um, and then, hell, yeah, probably uh, among edge guys, too. That's That's got to be up there. Um, but that was almost – that was a .57 sacks uh, per game. He had wow. 41 and a half tackles for loss, so making plays in the backfield constantly. 1.19 tackles for loss per game. Um, graded okay, too. Got graded very well. 93.1 in 2022, uh, 83 in 21. So, Ivan Pace Jr., I mean, if he can get a three-down roll. That's that's studly. Now, he is five foot 11, 231, yeah. so a little on the small side. Um, but thick. But thick. You like that. Now, I don't know. I, these are from Player Profiler. I'm not sure if these are his combine measurables. Um, I'll have to check and see if he actually did attend the combine. But that's the that's the latest information we have from them. So I don't think he did anything. Yeah. So I think uh, that's a nice sleeper. That could be. Uh, yeah, I like him quite a bit. Uh, a guy outside the top three that ends up, you know, cracking into that uh, upper echelon as we get into their rookie seasons. And we'll see. Maybe he's not a sleeper. Maybe maybe people view him. You know, highly he they, he didn't need to 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 test at the combine. Maybe he'll still be a second or third round pick. There are there are there is something to be said for those guys who do not test. Typically, it's either I don't want to hurt my stock, 
Uh, I'm working on something like Bryce Young did not throw or test because he was adding weight to bulk up to get over 200 pounds. Um, you know, other guys might be working. You know, typically if you're working on something, you're working on cutting or adding weight so that you can do a certain thing better. Right. Is that all Bryce Young did was just weigh? He just weighed. So, yeah, he just eating the hell just, out of some food. Just crushing. Wasn't working out. So not he at all. He wasn't ready. It was funny. Did you see that picture that came out of him standing at the podium with, like, Shoes that had about a two-inch thick sole on them. Oh, wow. So I was like, oh, you, you're you like trying to like impress a girl on a date type of thing right now. Yeah, because I saw someone like post a, like one of the commercials he's done recently where he's standing next to Kyler Murray, and he looks quite a bit smaller and, yeah. and skinnier than, than Kyler Murray. They, they At least the combine measurements were three pounds off. So Kyler was 207, Bryce was 204. But now the Kurt or the... Um, the Kyler that we know has beefed up since he got into the NFL. Yeah, He's sure. probably closer to like 212, 215 range. Yeah. Um, and I think like uh, Dane, Brugler, Dane Brugler was saying on the combine recap with Robert Mays, like when we actually start the season, Bryce Young's probably going to be playing at about 195. So he's just a, he's a slight dude. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, seeing how well Stroud threw the ball, seeing the uh, the size that he had, it just made me – a little more comfortable. He's just, man, Bryce Young could be could be phenomenal, but he is such a size outlier that it would be basically forging his own path to NFL greatness, which makes me nervous. Watch the tape. Watch the tape. Cut it <laughs> tape off. don't lie, Josh. It doesn't lie, but it can deceive. Also, tape does lie. Like these guys aren't. You know, there's a lot of these guys on here that are going against shitty competition. Yeah, exactly. You know, like there's there's context to everything. It doesn't lie, but it. It can it can deceive. It can pull the wool over your ass. <laughs> sure. It can it can do it. Can manipulate. Just, just don't be just one thing, guys. Don't be one thing. That's a great lesson for life. Don't be one thing. I feel like that's something Sig would say. Don't be one thing. It is true. Be many things. Let's talk about the next group here. Defensive line. We're starting off with the guy who broke the freaking combine again. You're not going to hear a lot of the big names. The Will Andersons. Uh, the Tyree Wilsons, you're not going to hear Miles Murphy, you're not going to hear about these guys because they did not participate in the combine. So we're going to talk about some lower tier defensive line guys tonight, and we are kicking things off with Nolan Smith, Edge, Georgia, and uh, my God, Addy, this guy set the combine on fire, four, three, nine, forty, hundredth percentile, six foot two, two hundred and thirty eight pounds, ninety eighth percentile, speed score and uh, 98th percentile burst score. So one of the cool things that Player Profiler does is they show the rank of this player all-time at their position, at the position for this particular rookie class, and then across all positions. So the athleticism score for Nolan Smith, number five at the edge position in this class, number 21 overall. Uh, The RAS was... Really solid as well. He got dinged basically for his size, so he's a little on the small side, uh, but elite explosion and elite speed. If we talk winners and losers from the combine, which is always kind of an interesting, fraught exercise, uh, Nolan Smith headlining the winners from the combine. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, though. The 238, that's that's it's, a little that's worrisome. Small. That's like Hassan Reddick range yeah. when he came out, which that turned out Worked to be out just, just fine. Just fine. But, uh, yeah, it's probably going to take a little bit of time for Nolan Smith to uh, be productive because I think he's going to need to beef up a decent amount. Quite a bit. Need to see him in, like, the 245, 250 range. But, yeah, I mean, 
the four three nine forty. That that's that's amazing. Um, he wasn't that productive at in college, but again, he was at Georgia, Georgia surrounded yeah. by just tons of talent. Which is it is wild to think about all the talent that has come out of Georgia in the last two years. I mean, it was Alabama, and it still is Alabama. Let's be honest, but yeah, Georgia the pipeline of talent they have pumped into the NFL over the past, yeah, two seasons. I mean, they they are, I think they had 17, 18 guys drafted last year. That's almost your entire football team. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. So, I don't That's I don't That's crazy they had, you know, Trayvon Walker last year, Jordan Davis, both those guys top picks and now you got again, you have all these other guys. Yeah. So I don't I don't ding players coming out of those systems like the you know the freaky tight end. Um, yeah, they also didn't have enough like opportunity like some of these other schools because they weren't on the field as exactly, much. Exactly, you know? exactly right. Like so the uh, the freaky like six foot seven tight end that everyone's making the joke. Oh, this guy will be a left tackle. Mm-hmm. He had the one handed catch and like the end zone catch drills. It's like that dude didn't really see the field because they had these phenomenal tight ends at Georgia. So mm-hmm. they've just got. Athletic freaks coming out of their ears, and uh, Nolan Smith is definitely on that list after his combine. Another good point. Sometimes there's no, there's not enough tape, so you got to rely on things like this. Yep. You know. So I was reading Joey's write up here from Football Guys. Smith could easily be used as more of a blitzing off-ball linebacker, which is intriguing. So I think, uh, yeah, I think I feel like he'll be a specialist for the yes. first few years of his career. Not a guy you want setting the edge at yeah. that at that size. Let him beef up. Let him learn his craft a little bit, and then um, unleash that athleticism later in his career. But next up here on the list, Addy is a guy that apparently is getting top ten buzz, which is crazy to me. But Lucas Van Ness, edge out of Iowa, uh, they call this guy Hercules is his nickname. And when you see the pictures, you're like, all right, I get it. This dude is incredibly handsome. Uh, but another guy who put on a show. This is the athletic freak of this edge class, which is already very freaky, at least from the athletic data that we know thus far. He is the number one of the edge class, the 16 guys that Player Profiler has in the database. Right now, he is the number one freakiest athlete, 45840 at 6'5, 272 pounds. This is a big Boy running a four five eight. That is ninety second percentile, ninety sixth percentile speed score, and an eighty first percentile agility score. And again, number one in the edge class, number ten overall across uh, two hundred and five uh, prospects that they have in the database, and a nine point two two RAS. Addy, this was a freakish performance, and I think Lucas Van Ness probably rocketed himself into top half of the first round consideration. Yeah, I'd say so. 80.2 PFF grade last year, 70.1 in 21. The college production wasn't really there because he wasn't really a full-time player. Yeah, that's what I heard as well, which is wild. Like, this guy's going to go top 10? Yeah. But, yeah, just 13 games uh, last year, 36 tackles, 10.5 tackles for loss, 6 sacks. He only has 13 sacks in his college career. Uh, 19 tackles for loss in his college career. That worked out to 0.73 tackles for loss per game. So, yeah, the college production, not really there. A bit of an unknown, a bit of a projection here with this guy. But, I mean, he has all the tools you're looking for. 7.02 three-cone. We like three-cone because it measures bend. So, 
you know, when you have low scores and three cones, most of the elite edge rushers have really good three cone times. Uh, Luke Van Ness is no different there. So we'd like to see that. Also, a lot of these guys didn't run, run the three cones, which was unfortunate, but yeah, I understand it. You know, there's a lot of money on the line if you don't run a good three count and it can, it can hurt your stock. Like some of, some of these guys just, it's not worth it. To, yeah, it's to like, do it. well, I could do it and do it poorly and cost myself mm-hmm. draft stock and millions of dollars. So yep. I will choose not to. But in Van Asta's situation, he was a guy that was still kind of relatively unknown, wanted to prove himself, and 7.02, a very respectable score. Yeah, so Lucas Van Ness, a big winner as well, the most athletic edge prospect, at least of the ones that we have data for. Thus far, let's move to Derek Hall, edge Auburn. Uh, this was a guy who clocked in at six foot three, two hundred and fifty-four pounds, four five five forty, ninety-fifth percentile, ninety-third percentile speed score, seventy-fourth percentile burst score, res nine point two three, anything above nine, Addy. I feel like all right, this guy's got the athleticism that is at least at the level where it's not a red flag. Now the size. Score for RAS was poor, but great explosion grade and elite speed grade. Uh, I think Derek Hall made himself some money at the combine. Yeah, I like Derek Hall quite a bit. 71.0 PFF grade in 2022, 76.6 in 21. Also pretty productive his last two years. Last year, 12 games, 60 tackles, 11.5 tackles for loss, 6.5 sacks. His junior year, he put up 52 tackles, 12.5 tackles for loss, and 9 sacks. So... Yeah, I mean, combine that with the athleticism that I don't think a lot of people were really expecting, the 9.24 RAS. I mean, he feels like a, a second-round pick again. Yep. Um, which is, you know, that feels like a he could be a pretty solid, like, fourth or fifth-round pick for you in your rookie drafts. Absolutely. Yeah, there was a lot of those guys, the Sam Williams, the yep. uh, Jeremiah, uh, the Arnold Ebiketti. Who was the guy for the Jets? I have him on my team, and I can't even remember his name. Jermaine Johnson. Jermaine Johnson. Thank you. Yeah. So that's what's nice about these edge rushers is that it's a uh, when we talk about kind of a store and an asset that has and stores value, they are going to retain that value longer than say safeties or linebackers because of the importance placed on edge rushing in the NFL. These guys are going to be highly drafted. And that draft capital imbues them with more value and sticking power or staying power and longevity than players who are drafted later who are more replaceable. Um, so that's why these guys are good stores of value. They're good. If you're going to throw darts in the rookie draft, throwing it on edge rusher is uh, it's a dart that I'm happy to keep throwing. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's and there's going to be a lot of those types. I think in this in this absolutely. Draft. Yeah, the edge class from everything I've heard thus far, kind of doing the initial research, this edge class is loaded. Yeah. So it should be a lot of fun. Let's wrap up with the defensive lineman from Notre Dame, Isaiah Foskey. And uh, old Foskey was getting frisky at the combine. Six foot five, 264 pounds. This dude popped off the screen at the combine, four, five, eight, 40. Again, six foot five. 264 pounds. That's a hundredth percentile running a four, five, eight. 
99th percentile speed score, 97th percentile burst score, 92nd percentile agility score, 121.3 athleticism score from player profiler, second for the defensive line position of 18 prospects, sixth overall in the class. Again, 205 prospects. And at the D-line position, 437 players in the database. He is number five all-time defensive line, RAS 9.32. Addy, I did not know much about Isaiah Foskey coming in, uh, but I know about him now. Yeah, I mean, checking a lot of boxes. um, 71.8 PFF grade in 2022, 80.7 in 21. In 2022, in 12 games, he had 44 tackles, 13.5 tackles for loss, 10.5 sacks. Nice number there. And then as a junior, he had 52 tackles, nine and a half tackles for loss, 10 sacks. So, um, yeah, kind of what we said about Derek Hall, kind of what we'll say about, you know, B.J. Ojolari, um, Will McDonald the fourth. A lot of those guys are very similar to me, you know. And they're all, I think, worthy dart, dart throws for you. You said very similar to me. I was like, oh, they are – Brilliant IDP minds who have the best rankings in the oh they're similar in your <laughs> eyes okay that makes more sense that, that was they'll never be me I, I was tracking with you I was willing to go down that path with you no, let's talk never be this special nah, never be that special no one could be other notable defensive linemen again who did not participate Will Anderson probably the top prospect in the draft since Jalen Carter that whole thing we didn't get a chance to talk on Mike about that but. You do wonder what's going to come of that. Uh, he was booked and uh, released and returned to the combine. I think he weighed in but did not participate really otherwise. Uh, he, there wasn't athletic data for us to draw on. I checked on RAS and player profiler. So Will Anderson, of course, is probably going to be the bell of the ball, probably yep. the first defensive player selected in the draft. Yep. I think he'll probably go three or four, depending on if the Arizona Cardinals stay put or if somebody trades up to take a quarterback there. Be a great pick for Arizona. Really would. So, uh, But, yeah, a lot of the defensive linemen, Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson, uh, Felix Undaikazama? Yeah, uh, sure. Sure, yeah. Will McDonald the fourth, Miles Murphy, B.J. Ojolari, Andre Carter the second, Jalen Carter. None of these guys uh, gave us the athletic testing uh, from the combine, so we aren't going to spend a lot of time on these guys. Again, we've got so many uh, episodes focused on rookies coming up in the feed, so stick around. We're going to be kicking those off here very soon. Macri's going to have Kyle and Joey and John Glosser on to talk through these guys leading up to the draft. We'll have Mike Wollard on to talk linebackers, so we're going to get into these guys in a lot more depth, but uh, congratulations to uh, some of these defensive linemen who made themselves some money. But going from kind of optimistic, positive, Addy, let's spin towards a little bit of pessimism because this safety class uh, was pretty disappointing across the board, at least in terms of the athletic data that we got. The number one safety prospect, at least for IDP, I think in most people's eyes, is Brian Branch from Alabama. Six foot, 190 pounds. But... uh, Ugh, the athleticism was not there. 458, 40, 45th percentile, 19th percentile speed score, 49th percentile burst score. Um, he was 
at his position of safety, 16 out of 19 in terms of athleticism, 6.1 RAS, Addy, poor size, good explosion, good speed. I mean, does it matter with Brian Branch? Does it matter with safety? I don't know. I think this will be a curious case because everything else I've heard about Brian Branch is, uh, you know, this guy's a really solid safety prospect. Yeah, Probably doesn't matter that much. But you look at the top safeties in the league. Derwin James, 9.35 RAS score. Um, I mean, wasn't Jeremy Chen like a 10 or a 9.9 or something like that? Petre was a 8.45. Brisker was a 9.12. Yes, Jeremy Chen was a 10. Yep. Kyle Hamilton was a 9.33. So, I mean. Does it matter? Maybe it does matter <laughs> a little bit. We don't want him to be... Uh, that, that that was bad enough, you know, where it, it was kind of raising my eyebrows a little bit. Antoine Winfield, 9.34. Uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, 7.94. Talano Hufunga, 5.89. Okay, so, so there you Buda go. Buda Baker, 6.37. So, okay. it's, you know, there we have a nice little mix. But, yeah, those top guys were uh, pretty nice at the RAS. Kyle Duggar was a 9.56. I'm just going straight down the ranks, guys. Again, um, the idpshow.com. Minka, ain't... 8.48, Cameron Curl, 7.53. Which So this is going to put into context a lot of these safeties that we're going to discuss here. Uh, Brian, Jamal Adams, 7.10. Javon Holland, 9.54. Wow, some of these dudes are like freaky athletic. Xavier McKinney, 5.87. Okay, so there it is possible. Sprinkled in some bad ones, but, but there's, there's a lot of nice, <laughs> like eight and up. Yes, a lot of like guys in the green, not a lot of guys in the yellow-red here that yeah. we're going to see. So... Uh, Brian Branch um, did not have a good combine performance. I think it's safe to say that, at least in terms of the data that we have available here to us now. Um, but let's talk about some other safeties as well, Addy, because, again, they kind of all fall into this bucket. Did you have some production data that you wanted to share on yeah. uh, on Brian Branch here? Yes, uh, I do. Let's give the dude his props. Let's give the uh, the tape dogs their bone here Yeah, he, talk about the production. I mean, production-wise, he, he, he was productive last year. In 13 games, he put up 90 tackles, had two INTs, and seven pass breakups. Um, but that was his best year by far. I mean, his total total tackle for his college career was 172 in 35 games. That was just 4.9 per game. Uh, he had he did have 17 and a half tackles for loss, which is pretty solid for a DB. 23 pass deflections, so nice little playmaker. Brian Branch will be fine, I think. Yeah, I think so too. Is uh, is he going to be? I guess the landing landing spot's going to be so important for yeah. so many of these guys. But um, fourth, you know, the safeties typically go third, fourth round. Yeah. Depends on where the landing spot is, if there's if he opportunity. Gets, if he gets, like, first-round draft capital, which all the mocks seem to think Did the mocks have him first round? They they did. Now, will, they, will that continue? Maybe not. But, um, yeah, if he gets, like, first-round draft capital, early second-round draft capital, I, 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 I'm sure he'll be, like, a, a third-round pick. I could see it. Let's move to the second guy here on Joey the Tooth's list. And, uh, yeah, he was a big fan of Brian Branch. Um, called him an outstanding prospect. So I trust Joey's eye for talent. Uh, but the athletic stuff, a uh, little, little questionable. Let's move to number two here on his list. Antonio Johnson, safety, Texas A&M. Six foot two, 200 pounds. Uh, four, five, two, 40 with 68th percentile. 58th percentile on the speed score and only 6th percentile on the burst score. So a um, little bit better on the safety position 
rankings as far as uh, player profiler here. Sixth out of 19th. Uh, RAS 5.24, though, Addy. So I think I only heard you mention one guy that was down in the fives for the RAS. So, again, this is Joey's second-ranked safety pre-combine here, and um, he did not uh, did not perform well for uh, the athletic side of things. Yeah, production-wise, he was solid. Nine games last year, 71 tackles, five tackles for loss, one sack. Um, in his college career, he put up 164 tackles in 25 games. That was 6.6 tackles per game. That's pretty solid for a defensive back. Uh, graded really well, 81.6. PFF graded in 2022, 87.4 and 21. I kind of like Antonio Johnson a little bit. Okay. I think he's someone that um, you'll probably get a discount. Could be like, you know, a fourth or fifth rounder for you, and you could be very happy with him. Okay. Well, next up here, another Alabama product. It is. Ooh, I forgot to have. Uh, I forgot to have usage stats for these guys. Oh, do you now? Yeah, I do. He played seventy-eight point five percent of his snaps in the sweet spot. Oh, okay. So that was Antonio Johnson. Yeah, he played uh, forty-nine on the line, one hundred twenty-eight in the box, one hundred ten at free safety, two hundred eighty in the slot, and fourteen at corner. So great usage. It wasn't That's just beautiful. all slot yeah bumping up that sweet spot percentage so okay what about do you have brian branch as well mm-hmm. let's talk about his usage again folks the idp show.com check it out all right brian branch he played 95 percent of his snaps in the sweet spot oh wow really he played a ton yum, yum, yum. Of, he played a ton of slot so he had 768 total snaps last year 24 of those were on the line 136 were in the box 25 or free safety, 569 in the slot, mm. 14 out wide. Um, so he's a slot boy. Yeah, so 720, 729 out of his 768 snaps were on the line in the box or in the slot for Brian Branch. So that's great usage. Hopefully that continues at the next yes. level. Beautiful. Yes, but please. who knows? You know, that's a lot of a uh, lot of sweet spot for a guy with, um, you know, some some competition there in terms of the next guy that we're going to talk about plus the linebackers we already talked about uh jordan battle safety alabama is the next guy up on our list here six foot one 209 pounds but athleticism uh for the 40 and the speed score were middle of the road four five five forty fifty six percentile 97.5 speed score was good for 62nd percentile but he did come in at an 8.99 RAS score, good on the composite size grade, good on the composite speed grade, but we don't have any explosiveness or agility testing guy or data for this guy. So I think the grade is a little bit incomplete for Jordan Battle right now. What do we have on the production side for uh, Brian Branch's Alabama safety mate? So yeah, like we mentioned, Branch played a lot of the you know, box and slot snaps. So that meant Jordan Battle played a lot more deep. So he played 907 snaps last year. Six of those were on the line. 196 were in the box. 574 were at free safety. 129 in the slot, two at corner. So that is 36.5% of his snaps came in the sweet spot. So he was more the deep safety, whereas Branch was more the box safety. Yep. 81.5 81.5 PFF grade for Jordan Battle in 2022, 88.0 in 2021. Um, last year in 13 games, he put up 71 tackles. He had one interception, two uh, passes defended. Um, 200, 
52 total career tackles. That was 4.8 tackles per game. Uh, he had six interceptions at Alabama. So, yeah, I mean, more of your um, deep safety type. But he does have good size. I mean, 6'1", 206. I mean, that's 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 pretty solid size. So, I mean, just because they played that in free safety doesn't mean that's that's what they're going to be yeah. doing. You know, he's a versatile safety. He could probably play a lot of different roles for you. Yeah. So, Jordan Battle, Brian Branch. It'll be interesting to see where these guys land, how they're deployed. Next up here, Sidney Brown out of Illinois. Let's talk about his combine results here. Five foot ten, two hundred and eleven pounds. Performed pretty well. Uh, four four seven forty was good for eighty third percentile, and then eighty eighth percentile speed score and ninety third percentile burst score. So RAS was looking really good, 9.63. Now, was poor composite size grade at, again, uh, 5 foot 10, 211 pounds, but the explosion, elite, and the speed, elite. So Sidney Brown uh, popped off the screen as far as the safeties go, Eddie. Well, the production is pretty good for Mr. Brown as well. 78.4 PFF grade in 2022, 65.3 in 21. Production-wise, though, last year, 12 games, 60 tackles, 6 INTs. So that's really nice on the interceptions. Um, but look at when he was a sophomore, 88 tackles, 3 INT uh, as a sophomore. So for his college career, he had 320 tackles. That was 6.4 tackles per game. Very, very good for a defensive back. Uh, and then 16 pass deflections and 10 INTs uh, total. So... Um, looking at the usage, he played 87.1% of his snaps in the sweet spot. Um, 444 in the box. Ooh. 60 at free safety, Love 177 that. in the slot, 25 on the line, 36 at corner. So that's really, really good. So what was the overall sweet spot percentage on uh, Mr. Brown again? Uh, 87%. Wow. Is that the second highest that we've had so far behind Branch? Yep. Also great size for Sidney Brown, six foot two oh five. So, yeah, uh, one of the better prospects. I like it. There we go. Well, next up here, another name that I probably will butcher, but, again, going to try my best. Jair Brown, Penn yeah, State. I think so. I think so. it's a noble effort. Uh, Mr. Brown, we will go with Mr. Brown, was – Five foot eleven, two hundred and three pounds. Uh, really poor performance at the combine. Four six five forty was good for twentieth percentile. Twentieth percentile speed score. Fourteenth percentile burst score. He was thirteen out of nineteen at the safety position, and uh, res four point five nine. So, um, no bueno, Addy. Let's hear the production and the usage because I don't think the athleticism is doing much for Mr. Brown. Yeah, that's not great. But uh, he is going to be one of these guys, I think, that uh, you got to kind of trust the tape because he did a lot of stuff. So 13 games last year, he put up 74 tackles, seven tackles for loss, four and a half sacks, four INTs. So stuffed the the stat sheet. But, you know, he really wasn't that productive before, before last year. Uh, he just had 153 career tackles. That was 4.8 tackles per game, um, 78.7 PFF grade in 2022, 67.6 in 21. I don't know. Uh, now, I will say Joey has a very interesting comp for this guy. In his article, uh, he says that Brown reminds me of Bob Sanders, a short, stout frame with good ball skills and incredible strength. 
Now, you got my attention if you're comparing it yeah. to a player who should be in the Colts' ring of honor. Get it together, Jim Ursay. Get Bob Sanders in the ring of honor. This is a Connie special. Shout out, Connie. Uh, but, yeah, that is, uh, that is very questionable athleticism from Mr. Brown. So uh, I think it remains to be seen uh, how the NFL is going to view this guy. His usage, he played 679 total snaps, 58 were on the line, 157 were in the box, 345 were at free safety, 111 were at slot, 8 at corner. So that was 326 snaps in the sweet spot. That is about 54%, I'm right. guessing. 54, you just kind of... I didn't have that on calculated, Josh. You just kind of tabulating. Yeah, do 326 divided by 679 out there at home if you guys are interested. If you want the exact. Sound off in the comments. Let us know what that is. Uh, Joke's on you, Eddie. You said trust the tape. I only trust the tape. I only trust my eyeballs. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Next up here, Brandon Jones. I don't trust anyone. I don't trust myself. I don't trust anyone. Brandon Joseph, safety, Notre Dame. Let's talk about Brandon Joseph here. Six foot, 202 pounds. Uh, not great on a lot of the workout metrics. 4.6240, 31st percentile, 88.7. Uh, speed score, good for 26th, 26th percentile. Burst score, 5th percentile. Uh, the uh, agility score, 41st percentile. He is 14 out of 19 in this class in terms of athleticism and a very me- mediocre 5.84 RAS score. Okay on the size, good on the speed, poor on the explosion, good on the agility. So I would say overall a mixed bag for Brandon Jones on the combine results, Eddie. Yeah. The production sucked, though, last year at Notre Dame. 10 games, 30 tackles, one INT. One pass deflection. What are we doing, Brandon? Yeah, I guess it was just, I don't know, maybe maybe the team. I don't know if they were just a really good defense. He wasn't getting a lot of opportunities, but he wasn't getting a lot of tackles. Um, and he was out there for 10 games, so just kind of odd. But if you look back at Northwestern, uh, he was much more productive. As a sophomore at Northwestern, he put up 79 tackles, one and a half tackles for loss, one sacks, uh, three INT, four PDs. As a freshman, he put up 46 tackles and six INTs. So that's pretty nice. Yeah. You know what I would say to this guy if I was in the stands? Let's go, Brandon. There you go. Let's go. Maybe pick it up just a little bit with the production here. We're trying to help you out. So uh, let's move to the... Trump 2024! (laughs) Oh, God. You had to do it. Uh, Somebody just unsubscribed right there, Addy. So thank you for that. Yeah. Last up here, one of my favorite names on this list, Jamie Robinson... Put name. Put packs in his jammies before I put him to bed. So big fan of jammies. Uh, Florida State safety. Let's go over what we got on jammy. Five foot eleven, hundred ninety one pounds. Uh, uh, you notice a theme here. Really piss poor workout metrics. Four five nine forty. I say that like if you put a gun to my head, I, I probably couldn't even break seven. Uh, but four five nine, good for forty second percentile. 18th percentile speed score, 15th percentile burst score. Out of 19 safeties in this class, he ranks 18th in terms of his athleticism score and a 4.89 RAS score. Very poor size, poor explosion, and good speed. Uh, 
Jamie, did he have the production or the usage, Addy? Because I don't think his athleticism is going to help his draft stock very much. Usage was okay. 55% of his snaps in the sweet spot. Production was very good, though. Uh, last year in 13 games, he put up 99 tackles, five tackles for loss, one sack, and five pass deflections. Uh, for his career, he put up 318 total tackles in 47 games. That was 6.8 tackles per game. Very, very good. Um, six PDs and seven INTs. So, yeah, I like old Jammy. Oh, Jammy Jam. I just love the name. Oh, look. It, yeah, it's great. We're, we're easy. If you have drip visors, tats, dreads, yeah, you know, swaggy outfits – we're in fun names. We're in. If you have a mullet, we're in. Yep. There's not a lot of things that are going to turn us off. Some of this athletic testing data has me a little down on this safety class, but right. The names are strong. The names are very strong. I am liking a lot. I mean, battle. We got branch. Now I'm a little, I'm a little against branches right now. Cause I got about 2000 of them down in my yard, That's right? But loving some jammy. Let's talk about to wrap things up. Some notable DBs who did not participate in the combine. J.L. Skinner, Ronnie Hickman. Got any interesting nugs on these two gentlemen, Addy? Uh, who was it? It was L J.L. Skinner and Ronnie Hickman. I think we went to school with those guys, actually. Yeah, I think so. I haven't seen old J.L. in a minute. Skinner's solid. Went to what, Boise State, I believe. Uh, 12 games last year, 65 tackles, 4 INTs, 5 PDs. He's a, he's a lanky one. 6'4", 220. Uh, so he's usage wise, he 77% is, of his snaps in the sweet spot. He is Joey's third rank safety. That's why I put him on the list here. So yeah, really good usage. And then who else do we have? Uh, the other guy was Ronnie Hickman and out, out of Ohio will, state. Yeah. So let's see. This was, uh, yeah, Ohio state. It was Joey's eighth ranked safety. Uh, looks like 28 games played 157 tackles. Looks like he had seven passes defended, and three interceptions, and then four, um, yeah, uh, J.L. Skinner, 38 games played, 208 tackles, nine and a half tackles for loss, 12 passes defended, seven interceptions. So this guy's out there making plays for Boise State. I'm sure the tape dogs were lapping this one up. Uh, but, yeah, Ronnie Hickman productive as well, it looks like. Yeah, 84.8 PFF grade for Hickman in 2022, 67.9 in 21 production. Uh 5.6 tackles per game. Yeah, he's he's solid. Uh, Usage-wise, 73% of his snaps in the sweet spot. So there we go. Combine recap, folks. Yeah. I feel like uh, it's the uh, class presentation when you've kind of like, you know, kind of started to look at stuff, and you're but you're just getting up there and you're going on charisma. Yeah. And just um, hoping for the best. Yeah. But we're, we did it, folks. We're going we're gonna to be, yeah, we're going to be constantly – you know, change the way we think about these guys. That's in the right. Coming months. But I think for the most part, I mean, we know who we like. Yeah. I mean, the guys I'm most interested in, obviously, Will Anderson, duh. Tyree Wilson, duh. Jack Campbell, Drew Sanders. Van Ness. Van Ness. And then, we'll I'm, see. I'm not going to be probably too on fire for a lot of those. Those, yeah. are the, those are the main guys I really care about. Yep. And I'm sure there'll be some other sleepers that filter in, you know, and stuff like that. I mean, this was about the time when Trayvon Walker started his meteoric rise. So it's like, who's going to rise up the ranks? This is where, you know, we'll start to have pro day data start to come in. Mm -hmm. That'll shape opinions. That's right. So, yeah, a lot of these guys that didn't test, we should 
hopefully get something. That's right. I hope we get something on a lot of these guys because that will be helpful. But now it's time to start tuning into the mocks, like seeing where some of these guys are being mocked to, some possible landing spots. And, yep. uh, of course, we'll be bringing it to you guys from the Soj Shack, uh, the live Round one reaction. We have uh, something very special lined up for that, Addy. Uh, some very special guests will be in the house. So look forward to that. We'll be breaking it all down with you guys. Like we mentioned, we've got a ton of rookie content coming up. So this is just kind of the appetizer. And I think it was an important one uh, because it sort of uh, completes the puzzle for a lot of these guys who participated in the combine. Addy, I think we have a more complete picture of a lot of these prospects, that's going to be very helpful uh, for deciding what to do with these guys in IDP rookie drafts. Yes. And l- just one last thing, because I, I forgot to do it earlier, but let's look at some of these top guys and their RAS scores. Just to you know, kind of reinforce please, that this stuff does matter. Please educate me. All right. Let's start from the top. Some of the, some of the best players in the league and see what their RAS scores were. So Micah Parsons, 9.59 RAS score. Nick Bosa, 9.44. Max Crosby, 9.65. Miles Garrett, 9.99. I'm sensing a theme here. A lot of nines in the mix. A lot of nines. Linebacker, 8.58. That's Roquan Smith. Nick Bolton, 4.62. Okay, so there you go. So, you know, we, we can see we can see these low RAS scores be fine linebackers. Athleticism isn't everything for a linebacker. A lot of times you want a guy that's smart and can understand coverage and stuff like that. Fred Warner, for instance, uh, he wasn't the best athlete. He was a. He was a. I'm gonna laugh when you say. Oh, that's wait, not he true. Actually, he actually he was, was a, really a good. Perfect ten. Nine point six seven <laughs> RAS score. I apologize for that. Sorry, Fred. Sorry, Fred. Fred's dad unsubscribed yet again. Yeah, most apologies to Fred's dad. Nine point nine zero for Brian Burns. Nine point eight seven for Jalen Phillips. Nine point six three for Kayvon Thibodeau. Nine point eight eight for Aiden Hutchinson. 9.79 for TJ Watt, 9.84 for Quentin Williams, 9.34 uh, 35 for Derwin James, 9.32 for Devin White. So uh, you get the picture, folks. Like the, I think it matters. The top of the league, at least in terms of how we're viewing this, the lens that we're using, which are the dynasty rankings, how these assets stack up in terms of value. Uh, athleticism, when you put your finger on the scale, it adds a little more weight than some of the other factors that we look at. So don't be one of those kind of false dichotomy tape elitist. Tape is great. We love tape. We also love athletic measurables. All the data points are valuable and beautiful, Addy. And we just wanted to give the athletic data. It's time in the sun here before we started to jump into more of the analysis and the breakdown of how these guys could fit in the NFL. It has been nice seeing people, though, kind of adopt all this stuff. Like, uh, you do see more talk about this stuff than ever before. Like, when we first got going in this uh, space, sorry. Oh, God. <laughs> I just shuddered. No one, I mean, there's wasn't really a lot to talk about it. It's not like we brought it to the forefront or anything, but, I mean, it's something we've always been interested in. And uh, I think just everyone is starting to realize, like, oh, yeah, there's things that maybe can help us predict. Yeah. What's predictive? Yeah. Athleticism is predictive. Not, it's not perfect, but no measuring stick is when it comes to this thing because uh, we're talking about human beings at the end of the day. Yeah. And uh, people are people are People get hurt. Yep. People fall Land off. in bad situations, yeah, bad, bad situations. coaching. Yep, it exactly. happens. So, well, thank you all for watching. Thank you for listening. Be sure you're checking us out over on the YouTubes. 
youtube.com slash at the IDP show. Uh, the subscribers have been popping off over there, Addy. It's been a lot of fun to see. Uh, of course, the IDP show.com. Uh, we've got the second session of the IDP crash course coming up with Jake Colhagen and the aforementioned Joy the Tooth and Kyle Bellyfuel coming up Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Central. It is free for paid supporters, and they get four guest passes as well. So in the, the replay is already up from the first session. Uh, we'll have the second session up there as well. So if you're a paid supporter over at the IDP show.com, you're going to have access to that. So if you're maybe newer to IDP or maybe you're trying to convince some league mates to go to IDP, this is the resource that you need. And it will be up on the website as like an evergreen type of thing, Addy. So we hadn't really seen this before, sort of this Deep dive. I mean, both of these sessions will clock in probably around like an hour and 45 minutes. So we're talking like, you know, three and a half hours worth of intro to IDP. Here's what you need to know. Here's what's important. You got no excuses not to be good at this IDP thing, folks. We're we're laying it all out there for you. Here's how to do it. Then also you have just the best ranks in the game. The best the best everything in the game. Best everything in the game. We've got the best ball drafts are rolling, so we get just, in on those. Those yep. are a ton of fun. Yep, Kyle's got one fired up. We got Macri going with one. We just started Jake Colhagen. Jake Colhagen has one going. So two have finished already. We're going to have the ADP from that. That's going to be the best ADP out there. That's right. None of this fantasy pros garbage. None of the just the best people that are locked in drafting. There's stakes. There's money on There's the line. Money on the line. Yes, sir. People want to do well. Uh, we, we, we haven't experienced a lot of timeouts in this thing. Nope. I mean, I probably five at most five, like, Oh, I didn't mean to pick that guy or yeah. you know, the, the clock expires and it's the auto pick. I mean, everyone's pretty locked in. Yep. Everyone's, everyone's ready to roll. Really so. impressive for like when we started these, which was like mid to late February. Yeah, We've done 10 of these in February yeah, for IDP got, only. We've got, I just launched 13 with Jake. So we're on the March to a hundred. Yep. And we should mention that'll be part of the IDP draft kit, which will be launching on May 1st over at the IDPshow.com. Paid supporters get free access to that, and they'll have access to it as long as you're a paid supporter because we appreciate you. We want to give you the best tools and resources to dominate your drafts, dominate your leagues, win some rings, win some money, win some glory. That's what we're here for. So uh, we should mention we will have an episode coming up later this week. We are going to dive into the free agency preview, and that's going to be a lot of fun. I don't think I've seen a linebacker crop of free agents as juicy as this one is. Yeah, it's going to be wild, and it just continues to grow, right? We didn't even mention Eric Hendricks got released yes, today. he did. Uh, we know about Bobby Wagner being released a few you know, a few weeks ago, so... Yeah, it's it's uh it's wild. It's like twenty to twenty five deep. It feels like you yep. know there are legitimately probably a dozen guys that will be in the mix for like top twenty four, top thirty consideration. Yeah, it's that's why it's so weird drafting linebackers right now, just because like there's so much unknown. So many so of these guys much. don't have homes yet, and uh, there's only so many available too. You know? That's right. So who's going to get squeezed out? Some yeah. of these guys that were mainstays in years past may not be so when the uh, when the music stops. Yeah, linebackers really gross. Like in these best ball drafts, like it gets really gross after like round like 11, 12. Yeah, there's there's certain cutoff points. Once, in Denzel, these once, in, once I take Denzel Perryman, it's like that's the end. That's the last linebacker you want. Like their LVE is interesting. Like yeah. some guys like yeah. that. Deion Jones is mm-hmm. someone that's made, yep. you know who knows fine but, dart throws, but for the most part, like. 
That's what you're looking at. You're shopping in the bargain aisle telling yourself, I've got to get right. something here. You're looking for these guys that can have bounce back years, right? Exactly. So it, linebackers, pretty weird. Hopefully we get more value and, and, we, and everything comes into focus once these guys have landing spots. But, yeah, it's going to be – I mean – this is another reason why you play IDP, just because the free agency is going to be so much fun. Oh, so much fun. The offense is trash. Offense is terrible, It's dude. really bad People this year. People are like, oh, Allen Robinson, he's now the new uh, wide receiver, two in the class. <laughs> Jacoby Myers is yeah, the guy that everyone wants. I mean, that is, that's grim. I like Myers, but I mean, come on. That's, what we, that's the best we got to Homie, offer. Homie's about to get mad overpaid. Yeah. So. Good for him. We'll have a preview show coming up for you all. On Wednesday, I believe that's going to be dropping, and then we'll have the uh, recap episode Monday. So the legal tampering period opens up Monday, and that's when most of these deals get signed. So we'll have a big reaction episode uh, with some of the landing spots uh, coming out of free agency and some of the impacts of that on existing guys, on the new guys getting signed, on you know will they draft a rookie there or not. I mean the the. Pieces are starting to slot into place. The combine was a big piece. It helps kind of ramp us up toward draft season. And now as these free agents start to click into place, I think the picture is going to get a lot more clear, Addy. And we're going to be here to help you break it all down. But again, thank you all for listening. We will see you later this week. And until then, y'all take care.